0: a good morning, afternoon it is to you. Uh, great to see your faces here. Wonderful to be at Thrive. We love this. We so missed Thrive when we were away and uh, we could hardly wait to get home. Sandra was uh, really beginning to feel like she really needed to get home to Thrive. and Here she is this morning. And uh, we love this church because Jesus loves this church. Turn to somebody and said, Jesus loves this church. He loves the church. He loves people. And he's got great plans for our lives. Uh, I'm, I'm dealing with a subject this morning that, you know, I uh, had some fear and intrepidation over. I don't want to say the wrong thing. In a city that has, I understand there's about 365 Chinese restaurants In Richmond. (laughs) Can you believe that? Turn to somebody and say, that's too many restaurants. (laughs) Uh, I'm told that there are possibly as many as 600 restaurants total in this city, and you're taking all the restaurants. So this is a place where people eat, and uh, nothing wrong with eating. Uh, This morning we're going to try to define Uh, This subject that we're dealing with, the subject of gluttony, and, um, you know, uh, I guess I want to say this morning that uh, sin is sin, and when we move over certain balanced lines of demarcation that keep us in a safe place in the will of God, we can get ourselves into trouble in anything, and uh, eating is one of those things that we can we can go too far with, and, um, and it can be a big struggle in our lives because it's like an addiction. And uh, so God help us. God help us as we share this and uh, turn to somebody and say, God help the pastor share. <laughs> um, this is a challenging subject. And I realize, you know, it's not, uh, gluttony is not just an overweight thing. You know, you might say, well... I'm a couple pounds overweight or whatever, therefore, I must be a glutton. No, that's not the case. Uh, it's, um, it's, it's, it's deeper than that, and we want to define it this morning and uh, try to bring understanding uh, in, the, in the midst of all that we're saying today. Uh, I believe that God has ordained that there be joyful things around food, And uh, one of the things that I enjoyed as my wife and I got married, we had a family. I loved, I loved having our children and us around the table. And it was a great time. And just because you sit down to eat a meal, that doesn't mean to say you're a glutton. Uh, Not at all, Um, or any of us are. And there's, uh, I've had many wonderful church celebrations around a meal where we celebrate Jesus, but you have food with it. And that's, that's all good. So we're not talking about, about that this morning. Uh, we, we grew up with, an, my wife and I grew up with an elder pastor in a church in, uh, in an area of Saskatchewan. He pastored three churches. Uh, in, in that area and he would gather those churches and other people came from the region every year at thanksgiving they would have a what they call a thanksgiving rally and and all the ladies would bring food and oh, i still remember the good food that came the pumpkin pies and all those wonderful things and so we can have m- many wonderful memorable celebrations around food, and I don't believe that that's, that that's sin. You know, the Bible talks about the supper of the lamb, when there will be the ultimate gathering in eternity where we, we will all gather together, and, and it's, it's going to be a celebration around, I don't know what the meal's going to be. Uh, some people think it's going to be lamb, but uh, uh, God knows, and, uh, but it'll be, it'll be good. It'll all be good. So we don't want to in, in, in confuse, uh, you know, a, a wonderful, healthy enjoyment around food that I believe God wants us to enjoy. He's given us all things freely to enjoy, and uh, just because maybe you're fighting a little bit of weight problems, some people uh, struggle with that sort of thing more than others. It's a genetic thing, and I, I had a friend. Matter of fact, there were three of my friends that wanted me to hold them accountable to their eating. So well, because they wanted to overcome this. And wow, was it a battle? I mean, it was like they eat a leaf of lettuce and they gain five pounds, you know? And uh so there's there's struggles in those areas, and um and we realize that. So we wanna we wanna share this message in in the grace of God with understanding and uh we don't want to just be people of this world thinking worldly things only. God interjects his eternal purposes and plans into all that we do, and we want to, we want to understand that. So turn to somebody this morning and say, I want to understand this subject. <clears throat> so we're going to read from the Bible. Turn to somebody else and say, it's good to read from the Bible. Yeah. Let's look at 1 Corinthians Chapter 6, verse 12. I have the, so let's all say it together. Let's stand up as we read some of these scriptures, all right? Uh, Let's all together now. I have the right to do anything, you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have a right to do anything but I will not be mastered by anything. I want us to read that again, that last part, because this is really the key to our message. But I will not be mastered by anything. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit? Who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You are bought with a a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Say that again. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. I think we got... But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and... All right, let's stop there. Let's say that again. And self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. I think we've finished it there. You may be seated. So today we are dealing with the subject of gluttony. And I, when I say that word, I, I just think it's a, a terrible-sounding word. I just want to stay away from that word. Turn to somebody and say, this is a terrible-sounding word. <laughs> but we're going to talk about it this morning. Um, it has been called society's most acceptable sin if maybe not considered sin at all by many people Uh, someone asked me after the first service he says how many how many meals a day do you eat pastor and uh i said my wife and i really just eat two meals a day i said you know two meals oh he says i do better than that he said I only eat one meal. He said, I start at 8 in the morning, and I finish at 8 at night. <laughs> I thought that was good. Anyway, gluttony. What is it? It's a habitual greed or excess in eating. <clears throat> now, the Latin word for gluttony is to, is to gulp down. Uh, a person who eats excessive, immoderate amounts of food and drink is what this is all about. It also, the word wolverine is tied into this word, which speaks of voraciousness with eating. You know, eat voraciously. Ever watch a wolf eat? You know, a lot of times we look at somebody that's really hungry and they're eating away and they just wolf it down. <laughs> And uh, I, I suppose there's a place for that as well. It's not necessarily sin, but uh, this is all talking about the extreme. And some people say, "Well, what's the big deal about gluttony?" Well, I I think we'll see as we go along what the big deal is. Uh, gluttony is about a lack of self-control to the point where it affects my relationships negatively, my health negatively. And even my finances negatively <clears throat> as christians we are uh, are are about the best in life, and we are about glorifying God. The emphasis is in Christianity is not about that which is death producing uh, relationship destroying health destruction or financial destruction. We want blessing in all areas of life because that's why Jesus came. He came that we might have life and that we might have it more abundantly. The Bible says of our father of the faith called Abraham, it says that God blessed Abraham in all things. I think Abraham lived somewhat of a balanced life and he found the balance of blessing coming into his life. So we are taught in Scripture to avoid even the appearance of evil. Like David, I believe, when we truly come to know God and love God, and again, some people have a wrong perspective of Christianity, but I I believe David had the right perspective in living and faith. David said, we hate every, or I hate every false way because we know the ultimate effect Effects of certain things that are death-producing in life. Jesus came again that we might have abundant life, and we want, we want deliverance from death. The Bible tells us the last enemy to be destroyed is death. So we stay away from everything that brings death, and that includes our eating habits and that which we call gluttony. I do not like death or anything death-producing. I don't know about you, but I don't like that. Turn to somebody and say, I don't like death-producing. We want life-producing things. Gluttony, I believe, is, if you look at it in its full explanation, is death-producing and destructive to our health, to our finances, to our relationships, to our relationship with God, and of course, there's a whole self-centered aspect. If you analyze gluttony uh, or ex- extreme consumption of food and drink and that kind of thing, it, it is really a self-centered kind of lifestyle that people enter into where it's all about me when when Jesus was called a glutton and a winebibber uh nothing worse could have been said about him he was so far mind you he he hung out with people that had those struggles uh, i've i've often said you know Jesus if he was here today he would probably appear in some of the pubs where there are people who like to drink excessively and he would interact with them and he would show his care and his love for them that's our jesus jesus came to live where we are and where people are at that's our wonderful lord turn to somebody and say that's our wonderful lord that's where he is he is at in roman times because they gave the flesh And the Lord desires full sway. We know from stories out of the days in Rome that there were extreme things around gluttony that happened. And and it still happens in our world. Some of it's hidden from our eyes. But many of them would eat and eat and eat only to vomit it up so that they could eat more. And that's so repulsive even to think of that. But that's how far gluttony took them how abusive to the body and wasteful how repulsive and of course this is this is the extreme the bible talks about those whose god is their belly turn to somebody and say my belly is not my god (laughs) oh god help us god help us if that's taking place but, you know, if if we're so addicted to just pouring food into our belly and, and our attention is constantly about what we can eat, maybe it has become our God, and we don't want that to happen. Corinth was known as the... By me, I guess I would put it like this. Corinth would be known to me as the capital for carnality or the capital for sinful lifestyle living. You know, what was happening in Corinth actually made its way into the church, and and Corinth was living out their lives in a way that it was all about pleasure, it was all about them, And even when they came to the communion table, if you can imagine this, we have communion here in this church from time to time. They would indulge in the wine that was passed around in remembrance of Christ, and some of them were getting drunk at the communion table. Turn to somebody and say, that's far out. Really far out. And and it's amazing how when we rather than live on a spiritual plane and we live on a lower plane or on a carnal plane, what we can find ourselves into in life. Now, again, when we're talking about the sin of gluttony, we recognize that one sin is no different from others. Uh, When we enter into sin, we enter into sin, and uh, sin can only be dealt with by the solution that god brings for sin and we know that's the blood of jesus christ we know that's the power of the name of jesus we know that's the power of the word of god and those weapons which god has given spurgeon was one of the greatest preachers of all time um i read his books uh over the years i trained leaders uh, in his teachings or with his teachings. And, and he, was a, he was a preacher that you could hear for a long way, and England was greatly uh, moved, and they benefited by the ministry of Charles Haddon Spurgeon. And Spurgeon, the great English preacher, had his struggle. He had one little vice, I guess, he, he struggled with in his life, And he was criticized by D.L. Moody for smoking cigars. Not many many preachers are hooked on cigars, but he was. And, um, And Moody was overweight. And Spurgeon said, I will put down my cigar when you put down your fork. (laughs) <laughs> now, it's not necessarily the wisest thing to compare one sin with another and deal with it that way, but that's, that's what he said. But there's some truth in that, and that is, you know, sin is sin, or extreme in any area of our life is like extreme in another area of our life. Uh, Satan tempts people with food. Adam and Eve were tempted with food in the garden. We know the story of Jacob and Esau and how es- Esau uh, sold his birthright for a-, for a bowl of soup, as it were. And-, and so a lot of things happen around food and with food that, uh, that show us how people are tempted or how they've f- fallen in the context of food. We are so different in our calling as Christians than what we've just referred to. The Bible teaches us that we are to set our affection on things that are higher. We've been talking about higher here. And so the whole, the whole drive in this message series is about living on a higher plane, uh, moving in realms uh, that are, are heavenly that rather than just earthly. The Bible teaches us uh, that as Christians, we are called to live with our affections and our minds set on things that are higher. We are heavenly people because Jesus, who is heavenly, and the Holy Spirit, which is heavenly, has come into our lives. We live in that realm. That's, that's where God wants us to live, but he wants us to bring heaven down to earth and so we are heavenly people living in an earthly realm bringing heaven's change to earth that's really what we're we're here for we're not here to live like the world we live different from the world we are bringing the god of heaven jesus christ into our world so that our world might be changed through his power and through what he brings into our lives And I think that's an exciting place to be in life. Turn to somebody and say, that's an exciting place to be in life. Where we are actually influencing the world, which is so corrupt, so distorted on many levels. And we're bringing heaven to bring change into this. And bringing the presence of God makes all the difference. So we set our affections on things above, on heavenly things. People, people often criticize the drunkard or the immoral person. However, gluttony is not any less a sin than any of those sins. And because it's, it's all bound up in self-life and selfish living, it's about me, myself, and I, I often refer to as the great trinity, uh, that we've got to look out for. There's a mindset in our world, you only live once, so live it up. Eat more and drink more. Eat, drink, and be merry, because tomorrow we die. The emphasis is off around food is often even comfort and ease, not purpose. So when we talk about the word temperance, people say, what's that? Yet God calls us to temperance or self-control. This is a fruit of the Holy Spirit in our life. You see, when we become Christians, we receive Jesus Christ into our lives. We receive Jesus to work in our lives. And really, it's by the Holy Spirit that Jesus works in our lives. And he produces these wonderful things in our lives that are so different and so contrary to what is normal in our world. In our world, people are normally trucking along into sin. There's no boundaries uh, out of control in many areas, but the Bible calls us to self-control. Let's look at the wisdom from the book of Proverbs on this subject just for a moment. Proverbs 21, 22. We'll, we'll say it together. The wise store up choice food and olive oil, but fools gulp theirs down. Did you notice that? Gulp theirs down. Say gulp. Gulp. Turn to somebody and say Gulp. Turn to somebody else and say, don't gulp. There, we got it right now. Whoever pursues righteousness and love finds life, prosperity, and honor. Now, let's go back to that one. What, What are we to be pursuing in life? Pursue righteousness and love, and we find life, prosperity, and honor. You know, what... What is listed in the last part of that verse is what? Everyone's looking. They're looking for life. They're looking for prosperity. They're looking for honor. But if you don't pursue righteousness and love, you miss it. Thank God we can hit it by having righteousness. And we know that Jesus Christ is our righteousness. We have him in our lives. We have righteousness. We have love. And we really find life and prosperity and all of those good things. Let's let's go on to uh, the next verse So let's say it together. And put a knife to your throat if you are given to gluttony. In other words, cut it out. Stop it. All right, next verse. It is not good to eat too much honey, nor is it honorable to search out matters that are too deep. All right, next one. Like a city whose walls are broken through is a person who lacks self control. We've got another verse there. Yes. A discerning son heeds instruction, but a companion of glutton disgraces his father. 1 John 2, 16. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, comes not from the Father, but it comes from the world. <clears throat> I think one of the things that we must do in our lives if we're to overcome and really be on a path of victory and and blessing, is to choose. Choices are so important. I believe we choose, number one, mastering. We choose mastering not being mastered by anything. Say that with me. Mastering things and not being mastered by anything. In other words th- nothing is going to control my life in this world. I will call I will cause the things around me to be under my control. You see we've been called to reign in life by one Christ Jesus. We are called to be above and not under. Adam and Eve were called right in the beginning to have dominion. We are called to be people who take dominion. We don't allow things to dominate us. And even food can dominate us. Different things can dominate us as we are learning during this series. And we will not be mastered by anything. Turn to somebody and say, I will not be mastered by anything. We are not ruled, but we are called to rule and reign by Jesus Christ. And then I want to go on to say that we need to understand that our body is the temple of God. times we don't, don't view that that way, but... When we become a Christian, the Holy Spirit dwells within us and we are making a place for him to live and we are his abode and therefore, whatever we do in life, we do to please the one who dwells within us. We work hard to make him happy in everything that we do. We want to hear from him, I love, I love this house and I love this dwelling place. I love living my life in you. But you see, if we are, if we are focused on other things and we are dominated by other things, then he is not the honored guest there. Other things become the honored guest, but we want Jesus to become the honored guest in our lives because we are the temple, or the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. Uh, I have visited uh, temples around the world. Christian temples, Angeles Temple is one that's a wonderful place to visit. Amy Sample McPherson was a great lady preacher in America. Now the Barnets have taken over that ministry in Los Angeles, and it's a, it's a great. The Angeles Temple is a great temple. And uh you know they watch what goes on in that that place is dedicated to prayer to worship and the purposes of God because it's the temple of God, as far as they are concerned uh for that ministry and so uh it's decorated in a becoming way in a pleasing way that God is honored there et cetera et cetera uh, in the different religions of the world they they uh they do similar things in terms of how they how they take care of things around the temple. In a Buddhist temple, you know, they have their flowers, they have their incense, they have their order, and you can't go around there and just do things the way you want to because this is their their temple. In a similar way, our bodies should be treated uh, with respect because God, we are told, dwells there. We know that God does not dwell in temples made with hands, but he dwells within us. We are his temple. I am his temple. You are his temple if Jesus lives within your life. And so the body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. I think maybe we have a verse on that that we can read. Do we we have one there or not? Maybe not. All right, we'll go on. So we are the, the representative, res, representative body of Jesus Christ. All we do represents him. And therefore, even how we eat affects who he is within us. We are representing Jesus. In Epicureanism, the life goal is about enjoyment. It's all about Having fun, enjoying life, etc. In Christianity, it's a little bit different. Life is about joy that comes from doing the will of God and even suffering if need be. Now it's quite different. So we'll 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 do difficult things. And we'll do it in joy. Remember, Jesus went to the cross, and it says, "Who for the joy that was set before him. He endured the cross. And so so in our lives, while enjoyment is okay, it's not the thing that we are in pursuit of. It is not the thing that drives our life. It's it's not the thing that that rules us. It's, it's, It's not all about enjoyment. Our lives are more about purpose and fulfilling the will of God. And uh, to, to do his will is our delight. And, and so that takes us away from this, this whole idea that, you know, food is for me. It's all wonderful and we're just going to have parties all the time. That's not where it's at. The Bible tells us that Moses forsook Egypt. And he chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin he, he disregarded. And he regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking uh, ahead to his reward. Remember, the three Hebrew children in the book of Daniel You know, they wouldn't eat the king's dainties, and they were thrown into the fiery furnace, and they suffered persecution, but their life was a joy in the end because they had done the will of God, and so you see, it's not all about consumption. It's not all about us getting, and it's not all about us constantly satisfying our desires. It's about satisfying his desires and even the desires of others. Can you say amen? Number five, we overcome gluttony like any sin or fleshly passion. It's all the same. We overcome. Romans chapter 6 to Romans chapter 8. I don't have time to go into all of that. But there we are, we are told in Romans chapter 6 that we identify with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, which is the story of the gospel. And we do that in baptism. We do that in a real way. We say, Jesus, I die to my old desires. I bury my old desires, and I rise to walk in newness of life. And I, I'm not going to be a glutton coming out of that. I'm not going to be a drunkard coming out, out of the water. I'm coming forth in new life. And I'm going to start to live a balanced life. I'm going to start to live the Christ kind of life. And my life has been changed. Can you say amen? Amen. So we reckon ourselves dead to sin. And of course, Romans chapter 7 talks about the struggles and the tensions. But at the end of that chapter, it talks about the warfare that goes on. But at the end of that chapter, the, the, the declaration is I thank God that through Jesus I can do great things. And then Romans chapter 8 talks about the victory that we enter into because we are yielded to God and, and not just to our own desires. And yielding is so important. We want to be yielded to do His will. Verse 13 says, Do not offer any part of yourself. To send it as an instrument to wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God. Do you not know that when you offer yourselves to someone as obedient slaves, you are slaves to the one you obey? And so, but now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness, and the result is eternal life. Hey, it's all good when we yield to God. So in your struggle, can I summarize it this way? In your struggle and in my struggle, when we are faced with the things of this world that would press on us, even to lead us into gluttony or other extreme kind of sins in our lives, if we'll yield our lives to God, we can overcome. We don't have to yield to sin. You know, you can say no to sin. I can say no to gluttony. I can say no to lusts of the flesh. And while I'm saying no, I can say yes to God. I can say, God, right at this moment in my weakness, in my warfare, in the struggle I'm facing, I'm yielding my life to you so that you will take over and cause me to live in victory. And that's... I believe how it works as we yield our lives to God. So I'm not a slave to gluttony or any other sin. I am a slave to a new master. His name is Jesus. It is him who I serve, not sin. See, so you refuse to, to yield to sin and you, re- you yield to Jesus Christ. Turn to somebody and say, I'm yielding to Jesus. I'm going to yield to him. I'm going to conclude with some practical ways that you and I surrender to God, our new master, so that we can overcome. Number one, remove yourself from the place where you are influenced to sin. You know, we don't want to be in the old places that we were that encouraged us to sin. Let me illustrate to you. If you're an alcoholic, you don't want to set your lawn chair in front of the liquor store and uh, hope that you will not be tempted. Don't do that. Remove yourself from that place where you struggled with alcohol addiction and alcoholism. And... And find yourself in a new place. Put yourself in the opposite atmosphere or in a place that is opposite to where you're tempted to sin. That's why people become successful. They remove themselves from the place that influenced them and they put themselves into the place where they grow and they develop. Some of you may not know this story, but Jimmy Patterson is a kind of a household name in Vancouver one of Canada's richest men I think he's about ranked at about number 3 in Canada His father was a desperate alcoholic and uh we we we've known the Patterson family um from way back and when I was a young person and uh, Jimmy Patterson was so poor growing up that he, his father had no money to buy shoes for him to go to school. And that was their life because of alcoholism. Then one day, his father was walking by a church in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. He heard the music, walked in, gave his life to Jesus, started to become a successful man. And uh, his life was transformed. But he didn't stay in the pub with his changed life. He removed himself from alcoholism and the surroundings where alcoholism would, would work more deeply in his life. He put himself in a local church. And this long story short, his son became a success because Jesus is the Lord of Jimmy Patterson's life. Some of you may not know that, but he is a very committed Christian, and um, and lives his life for God. And uh, it it, it's important to put yourself in the opposite atmosphere to sin, and where you are tempted to sin, because there you will grow. Then we need to practice the presence of God, not the presence of the flesh. Yielding our entire life to God by calling on Him, praising Him, and having obedience to the Word of God. Always, always living for God, putting ourselves in that atmosphere. You putting yourself in this atmosphere. You may be struggling today. Maybe you've come with a... With a major struggle in your life today, it could be, it could be the, 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 the subject of gluttony. It could be other. It could be alcoholism. It could be any different kind of vice that, that that you are under the control of. You are not in charge of that area. That area is in charge of your life. Good news today is. As you yield your life to Jesus Christ and keep yourself as much as possible in the atmosphere of his presence, the atmosphere of his people, you will overcome. You will overcome. The word of God is powerful. The name of Jesus is powerful. His presence is powerful. And we need that in our lives. I need that. I need that till this, till this day in my life. Many times, you know, I'm facing battles in my life. And oh, I'm so glad I can come to, to a meeting where the presence of God is and, and where I, I know that I've got the actual support from the, from the grace of God to get through what I'm needing to get through in my life. Be in the company of overcomers as often as you can be. Praise and thank God for every victory gained in, in your battles. Then have someone you can be accountable to that has fought and won battles with the world, the flesh, and the devil. And together we can win and we can put these things under our feet. Praise God. Then last thing, gluttony, fasting, and prayer. That's a good way to get over gluttony. Just choose. I'm going to fast. I'm going to pray. And I'm, I'm not giving in to food. Food's giving in to me. I'm going to be strong in this battle. Praise God. Let me pray with you. Father, I just pray with this congregation and these people this morning. and Lord, we all have our struggles. We all have our difficulties. But we thank you that you are stronger. That's why we bring you into our lives. So I bless this people in strength, strength to overcome, strength to win, that you might be glorified, that we will live far from self-centeredness and begin to live our lives with Jesus as the center.